I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! Like, we have fans of this podcast, but we, as we were talking about before, we are, like, we're in a kind of nice, sweet spot of, like, there is a dedicated listenership to this show, but we Which are... Which is so sweet. <laughs> but we are not high enough that anything we say matters. Do you know? <laughs> like, there is no backlash oh, to my so horse shit. We are not high enough... That, like, if I lambast the MCU, no one is in my DMs. You know, we are in the perfect perfect podcast sweet spot. Um, But but we were talking talking about um, uh, low budget, you know, self-created sort of sets and stuff. I just think they're so fun. I mean, like, I've also been, I know you're working on one right now, but as you know, and most of the people on the podcast, I don't think I've spoken on this yet. I have recently become absolutely obsessed with problematically so financially irresponsibly so with low budget horror movies right and and get a low budget them. horror is the backbone of the indie film industry. it is no it like totally it is, is it is because horror fans are such beautiful dedicated little monsters you know that like was they the thing like, i realized it's when you're watching a low budget horror movie and the re- I didn't used to like them, and I like them now, and I realized the difference is I know a lot more about how movies are made now. You can, like, Because you can kind of see the seams? <laughs> because you can kind of, you can well, see, like, Well, it's not like, from them, where... but it's like, it's when you, when you watch a low-budget horror movie, you know, the things that's exciting is when they, like, intention, like, okay, I'm going to use the example <laughs> of one I've recently been watching. It's not super low-budget, but it is lower-budget. Blood um, feast. It's, uh... Kill it's Satan. Called... Satan's dick. What? Satan's Blood. No, I actually didn't really like Satan's Blood. Uh, that one was I'm so sorry. not not that great. But I really loved Cthulhu Mansion. Right? Cthulhu. It, sure. Like, oh my gosh! Like acting was garbage. Like, like <laughs> I, that garbage is actually is like speaking highly of it. I honestly think. And then <laughs> giving the, him too the, much credit. It's giving him too much. <laughs> the oh, dialogue man. is borderline nonsensical. It makes Good. basically you don't know what's going on. But the plot keeps moving, and it's some of the stuff is like so like it's such a beautiful shot right like really clever like they've got a really and it's all it's all 35 millimeter too and so like you'll be wow. watching a scene and there's like a really lovely and well executed rack focus and you can tell the only people involved in this were people that just like love the nitty-gritty of making movies yeah and that's and the... what's so, like when you watch it and you're like oh i love this practical effect that's what's mm-hmm. exciting about it is it's like it, you know it's fake you know it's a movie and that's what's fun about it. and you feel the like it's kind of like watching community theater is like yeah <laughs> it's not as polished as a broadway show but you can better feel the community aspect of it you can better feel <laughs> a group of like i love the energy of a group of non-professionals who came together and and just fucking made something that is beautiful energy and and it just really like 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 lights me up and like uh, low budget i mean low budget indie horror um if you are interested in that if any of you out there in listener land are like me an insane person uh the most recent episode of blank check my favorite podcast 
main track many times. They did John Carpenter's Halloween, and the guests they had on the show basically gave you, like, a 60-year history of, like, independent horror cinema and how, like, Halloween was this huge sea change in zero-budget horror filmmaking. Um, just, like, the perfect, perfect nexus of, like, what it had been building to and is the fucking genesis is the prism from which like the rainbow sprouts out for the next like 50 years it's a fa- it's fascinating what year was halloween again do you have that off top like is that one of those that you have uh no i don't but it's like it's unfortunately 70... there's no way for us to find out i'm i'm guessing 75 let's see john what carpenter halloween um 78 okay oh, so I was, I was, I was, I was, and I was then when there. was when was friday the 13th oh the 80s it was the 80s. Or like 81, 82, like the first right. Friday the 13th. Close. Yeah, and and, it, but it's and Nightmare on Elm Street and all that right. stuff that would follow after is Especially like... Actually lead to the Scream generation. Do, exactly, is directly then. aping John Carpenter's Halloween. And, and uh, anyway, yeah. go listen to that episode. It's like three hours long. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. But, uh, but but yeah, low-budget horror. And we were talking about it in, in context of, like, the, the low-budget sci-fi movie that, that Greendale would go on to make here. Because <laughs> you're right, that does sound like a ton. I was watching this, and I was like, this looks like the most fun day you could possibly have. You oh know, God. like, you're just, I, you get I your friends, you put everyone in silly costumes. It seems, like, really fun. We should, we should work on that. Because there are, like, quote-unquote legitimate film projects that I'm interested in bringing you specifically in on. Um, I will, I will, I've, 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 I've pitched you, you the topic before, but I will talk about more off and off mic because it is no, yeah, yeah, yeah. nowhere near a public, a public forum, but, um, yeah, we're not going to share, but, but copyrighted uh, trademark material that we have. Uh, yeah, copyright <laughs> TM, TM, TV, Kevin Lanigan, TM, 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 TM's Kevin TM, Lanigan. TM, TM. <laughs> uh, oh my God. What if TM, 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 TM was our Yuba Duba Duba? Yeah, that goes for all the movies we pitched on here, including Crooks and Nannies. Uh, including... <laughs> what if that's, that's the still love, a good sound one. of a phaser? Just Hey, that's pretty. Hey, that's pretty good. That's But but are you at all familiar with uh, the the movie Pink Narcissus? It sounds vaguely familiar Let me see. um the first time i was introduced to it was at the museum of sex in manhattan uh ah, but it ah. is it was this like um this this want? broadway set designer in his like east village loft created these like elaborate fantasy sets like this lakeside set created this like uh, uh all these all these elaborate fucking like sets out of chicken wire and fucking paper mache and it's basically just about this like male prostitute fantasizing about lives he could have uh there's a lot of dicks in it just like everyone you know beware (laughs) i guess uh but it's it's worth a watch as like what 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 do you mean there's a lot of dicks in in pink pink narcissus you know there's a lot of dicks in debbie does dallas just like everyone out there just like be careful you know if you're not ready for it uh because like it's it's not I would not call it, you know, pornography. You know, I don't. I know it when I see it. I would not call it like Should pornography. But also, you know, if someone said it was, I wouldn't go like no. I, it, it straddles <laughs> the line between erotic art and pornography. Uh huh. It's like you know, uh, a lot of my favorite movies are softcore pornography. Barbarella with Jane Fonda. You know, just like all these movies that exist in this like nether space when movies were allowed to be horny. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like, when a movies lot, were allowed a lot, to a lot, be horny, lot, especially of like the European. 
Oh my god, they're so horny over of there. the low budget horror movies. They're just in, they're I'm like, so you got a bunch of porn actors in a room and you said, "Don't worry, we won't actually film penetration this time." Unless they did, Unless. which they didn't. Um. <laughs> Unless uh, right, is like, oh, the porn actors are just so thankful. It's like, oh, I don't have to get, like, two dicks in me at the same time today. I'm just gonna, like, scream at a monster, <laughs> you know? That I sounds great. I <laughs> see this line, but don't worry. If it doesn't come out right, they're gonna ADR the dialogue anyway. That's because right. apparently there's not a single competent speeder in fucking any of these movies. <laughs> No, because, like, you're working with, you know, in, in, in a lot of these scenarios, I've been very fortunate in my indie filmmaking that, like, generally the person holding the boom mic knows right. what to do. Like, right. I have set up the audio equipment. You just need to point. Hold it. Just hold the big <laughs> just thing. hold big it. Stick. And even Don't then, like, honestly, plane. like, I go over <laughs> and I set the speed and I just, like, set the boom pole on, like, a dresser or something. You know, I guess the job done. Yeah. Uh, I I'm, I, yeah, anyway. Uh, but... In, in so many of these indie productions when you're like, especially, you know, if you're making something in like rural Kentucky, you know, the odds that you have a competent sound designer <laughs> in your immediate vicinity who no. will work for free. No. <laughs> so, so like, you look, just hope. a passion project. Will you just hold this stick for like 12 hours over your hold head? It. It's kind of heavy and it's really awkward. I'm, like, yeah. I'm sorry, was that your pitch? No, I'm not going to fucking do that. <laughs> I will feed you. Most days, most days of production, I will feed you. Oh, I will feed uh, you most of the days? Most days? Uh, what, what depends on the food. Yeah, no, that's real. No, truly. It's and it, it, that's, but that's, that's the joy of of all of this. Um, and the, I, the, the not being fed? No, 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 I'm sorry. The, the, the camaraderie, <laughs> the, the coming together. The nature of it all, yeah. There's something about it that just feels very gratifying, that, that feels very, uh, you know, I, I like a bunch of people coming together to achieve a common goal. I like it. <laughs> in life and in fiction. I like <laughs> I like when all the people at the study room table, you know, they come together, they fight a paintball. I like when all the, <laughs> all the disparate people on the spaceship, they come together and they rally together and they did it. I, they win the day. Know, I, I was going to say, I was going to ask, oh, Kevin, do you like collaboration? But now I'm realizing the better question is, Kevin, do you like community? Wop, I'm so wop. sorry. Yeah, I will show myself out. Wop, no, I think wop. it's funny, though, because, like, even those, those initial, those, those, that essence of, like, just make it work, put it together, right? That starts with low budget, but that doesn't leave when you get to high budget. Like, it does in some contexts. Like, there's a lot less wiggle room in a fucking Marvel movie, right? Like, they've planned their fight sequences months and months and months in advance. Maybe there's an ad lib here or there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, like, one of the things that – I'm going to get into the episode a little bit. We'll do the intro in a minute, I'm sure. But, like, sure. they reference Star Wars over and over and over again. And that first Star Wars was kind of a ragtag, low-budget, like – It was it was a $10 million feature, which admittedly in 1977 is a different amount of money than it is now. But that was not a lot for, like, a big sci-fi action for adventure a big sci-fi, film. right, yeah. Um, you know, just, and you, wild to see you how can, that can also – withstand and become so iconic and like recognizable mm -hmm. that it it blossoms into this like this over it's interesting because then the comp the the problems come with it once it starts to get overproduced and they've got a higher budget and all this stuff Ain't and, that just the way i on. you know are you I'm saying that money no often <laughs> complicates things or I, I don't makes, know about that. makes filmmakers feel I, like Kevin, it needs to be because be i like having money I love having money. 
And in the rare occasions where I do have it, it's glorious. But it... it, it, I mean, it's not a reflection on the system that requires us to have money. No, 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 no. no, no, Why would it be that? No, no, no. Never critique the system. The system is perfect. (laughs) You're flawed. Um, The... There is something that happens, and so obviously there are plenty of great big-budget movies out there, and there are some people that are remarkably good at making movies of a certain size. James Cameron, yeah. Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. you know, we, we list them off forever. And Tom Hooper. Ta- uh, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you very you much. Fuck. You freak. Um, but, but then you have other directors that honestly the money, obvi- you know, they're well-paid, my sympathy only goes so far, but they get to a certain point and the budget the large budget becomes a shackle. You are no longer held down Mm -hmm. by your micro budget. You are now held up by your macro budget and your, you feel the need to blow all of it on shit that doesn't matter for the movie that you're making. There's a quote. I might be misappropriating it to who actually said it. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that it was, there's this drummer that I love. His name is Jojo Mayer. I haven't been keeping up with this stuff for a very long time. Um, but when I was in high school and entering college, he was a absolutely massive deal. And he probably still is. He was unbelievable. Jojo Mayer. No relation to John. Um, Thank God. I, <laughs> Burn I the family tree this, to But the it's crowd. also a shared sentiment among a lot of people. The quote is, restriction is the mother of all creativity, right? Yes, when you, it forces you to make choices. <laughs> if, if you only have this much money, you have to, you have to make a creative solution. You have to make it work, and you have if to. If you have think an unlimited of, budget, there's nothing keeping you from being the, stupid and the doing whatever you want, example. and not having any sense of like exactly. You you go with your first idea because you can afford your first idea, but that might honestly not be the best or most effective or most efficient idea. Right. The example I use for this over and over again is in the aforementioned first Star Wars movie that mm-hmm. uh, you know the the first Star Wars movie, which has like you know people with seventies hair because they couldn't get of everyone on a space haircut. You know, it, the <laughs> the the finale of that first movie was supposed to be there's a team on a planet taking care of a base and there's a space fight going on in space. They right. said, we don't have the budget to do both. So they combined it, so they made the Death Star. <laughs> a planet-sized spaceship, which is Done. now the entire fucking identity <laughs> of the series. And and when these, these Star Wars filmmakers started getting huge, huge budgets to make these giant, giant movies, they still haven't come up with anything better. <laughs> the Death Star. They still they've done it like four fucking times. Because they got a higher budget. You know what they did with their higher budget? They said, let's make a bigger Death Star. Bigger It's like you you are no longer forced by the strictures of your budget to think creatively, to think of complicated so much of what is in your favorite movies are mm-hmm. compromises made on the day because you didn't have the budget or the <clears throat> or the time or, or the there was time. a scheduling conflict. Yeah, and yeah. so and so you stuck the camera in this one place because you had to. And had suddenly to. it's a much better film because of it than whatever you it's had interesting in, in your that's head. Pro- that's partially the reason why I think like The Mandalorian is so good is because mm-hmm. not that it's like a small budget by any sense, but the way that they do it technologically speaking they are restricted to albeit a very cool technological technique mm-hmm. but they're restricted to it they're like we've got literally only this much space for the vast majority of the shoots and we can do it all this digitally and it, it allows you to use the budget of like digital 
you know, animation, which is like very, you know, a very controversial part of the Star Wars saga, but still, like, they're restricted in some sort of way, and that causes that creativity to come in. And Abed even talks a little bit about it. They're restricted by time and money and honestly shits that people gave. And yeah. in the end, and they, <laughs> he talks about it. He goes, he goes, we made a shit movie. And honestly, it somehow still came out pretty good. He goes, what does that tell us? He goes, that I'm a genius, but we already knew that. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so it's all the difference. Finds a restriction. Yeah. It's the difference between Peter Jackson zero-budget New Zealand horror <laughs> filmmaker that makes movies about puppets fucking. Wait, what? Who, yeah. And they gave that guy hundreds of millions of dollars to make the fucking Lord of the Rings trilogy. Is the difference What between... is the first movie you're referencing? Meet the Feebles, of course. Um, there's also, Literally you know... Not once in my life. There's also Brain Dead. Smiley Pants, starring Vin Diesel? <laughs> happy Pants, starry. Um, and it, and it, uh, it's ha- you know when you're happy you smile. I understand <laughs> you're forgiven. Uh, but, but it's the difference between the Peter Jackson that exists up through 2003 with the conclusion of the first Lord of the Rings and the Peter Jackson that has existed since then, where <laughs> now now he's he's ta- he's the golden handcuffs are around his wrist. Now he only knows how to make giant big budget CGI nonsense movies and. Nobody cares. Right. And nope. I mean, I, you know, if you like those Hobbit movies, good for you. I didn't. I saw the first one and I said, no, thank you. Uh, but, you know, I, but the Lord of the Rings are still movies that I watch every other year. I've seen them hundreds of times at this point. And have you ever seen? Sorry. No, please. There. Oh, OK. There's a there's a movie from 2017. Okay. Um, horror adventure. It's called Dave Made a Maze. I have heard it's the cardboard. Mm-hmm. Right, he makes that like a looked cardboard maze, but I never, I never got around to that one. It's got and it's uh, in a living room. Oh, what's that? Guy's and name? it's, it's one of these things. It's like there's definitely a budget on it because they did some really cool stuff, but it's almost exclusively done with cardboard, and it is so much fucking fun, and fantastical, and bizarre, and surreal. Oh, it's fabulous! It's absolutely Bill fabulous. Waters, different Bill. There's Waters. a couple. What? I, I saw Bill Watterson directed it, and I was like, the "Oh Cal- no, the Calvin and Calvin, <laughs> different guy." Um, Nick Thune is the guy I was trying to think of. Uh, yeah, this looked interesting, and there there are a lot of most of them aren't very successful or even necessarily very good. But no. there are all these movies that come out of like the L.A. comedy scene that are just lousy with you know L.A. comedy guys like James Urbaniak or whatever that like that are interesting that are that have like interesting premises or interesting performances or at least fe- feature like a bunch of cameos from people that you've that you've seen all over the mm-hmm. place i need to get around to this one on peacock streaming on peacock might make a priority of that here soon which dave one dave made, made a, maze? a maze yeah dave made a maze i um, think it's it's on tubi right now it's making its on, way to peacock and i also believe it's on crackle. it is about to come on to shutter okay i don't have that but i do which we can discuss further yes, later. Yes, we can discuss the nature of that, because there's a couple things where I'm like, I do want to watch that documentary about black horror called Horror Noir, but I don't have don't have shut Oh, um, yeah, no, great. Featuring Fabulous documentary, watched it, <laughs> highly recommend it. Yeah, I'll, I'll yes. I will yes. watch any documentary about industry veterans talking about industry. It doesn't matter what the industry is. 
There's I will also watch a it. fascinating documentary <laughs> called Scream Queen, which is about the uh-huh. making of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and how it was queer-coded and they hired this in, in the way that it manipulated this actor and the way that it profited off of the AIDS pandemic in a very specific way and became this cult classic queer horror film, although it was quote-unquote not intended to be, which is uh-huh. bullshit. Like, it's uh-huh. really fascinating, <laughs> really kind of upsetting, but also ultimately really heartwarming documentary um, about this actor who is basically known almost exclusively for this movie sure. and what that movie... It's just, there's such cool stuff. But that's so the thing about cool. horror actors is that you can do one movie <laughs> and coast... Uh-huh. For 30 years, just like going to horror convention to horror, like signing autographs for 30 years. Like, oh, yeah. you were the guy who wore the Jason mask in this one Friday the 13th right. movie? The, the guy that, yeah. Kane Hodder <laughs> can tour for from the, the rest of time. That he ever did on the movie itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, and I, I love that. I respect that. Like the, you, I, that's the gig. <laughs> if you're, if you're an actor, that's the fucking gig. The only the only other gig I'd really recommend is if you if you be, become one of those actors that is locked into genre, you're just like one of those actors that's like I basically only get cast in sci-fi movies, but I work and or and TV shows and I work constantly. You know, what like are you if thinking you're of? I'm thinking of like Claudia Black, I'm thinking of like Katie Sackoff, I'm thinking of Trisha Helfer. I'm thinking, uh, like, anyone who's ever been on Battlestar Galactica, basically. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of, like, there's just this, <laughs> oh, like, those pipeline. Oh, people that, like, permanently have contracts with the sci-fi yeah, channel, basically. Yeah, what's your place that played, like, Seven of Nine on Next Generation? You know, just, like, these actors that, like, you did something that resonated with the sci-fi film community and, and TV community. And, and they're you, so niche. <laughs> you just You just ride that. I think that's a great yeah, sci-fi game. nerds go hard. I love it. We, that's a we great just game. we're so obsessive. <laughs> and yeah. I love it. He goes uh, Abed talks about it. He goes, "You know that this is unheard of for like specifically a sci-fi movie, right? Like this is stupid." <laughs> this is dumb. Like there this there's no This will get you... ripped to shreds the s- second a nerd gets their hands on this. You destroyed can't... Low-budget sci-fi is much, much more difficult than low-budget horror or low-budget comedy. Oh my god, yeah. Because you can't fucking fake the the necessary parts of a sci-fi. You need to make things that look like they're futuristic. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you, you, I love watching, you know, like, the original Star Trek series or whatever, and, like, the, the chintzy ways that they work around that, I think, are very interesting. Oh, it's interesting. goofy as all hell. And yeah. it's goofy, and I love that. I love the, yeah. the, it's it, very, it, but. What's the one, it's William Shatner, they open up, a like, a, a, a cabinet or some sort in a bunch of these, like, puffballs fall on Tribble. them? Yeah, the trouble with tribbles, yes. Trouble with tribbles, and none of them move. But they're also no. all presumed to be alive. They're clearly like free, could not like look someone more fuzzy like cloth, <laughs> fabricated balls, and stuffed them with foam or, or filling of some sort, and, and they and just part, let them loose. And they said, "These little things, they're alive, and they ruin everything." But they don't move. And Shatner is always like moving his body, so it looks like the fucking triples. <laughs> it's like it's like when you see an actor with like a fake baby. And there, it's like a rubber baby, they're like and they're their finger to make sure that the head moves a little <laughs> bit. <It's... laughs> 
<laughs> oh. I love it though. I love it. Man. I love it. I love it all. I love filmmaking. I love craft. I think it's all great. Right. Uh, it's, I was I I was not to pull it a little bit off topic, but one of my disgusting. favorite movies of all time, I do not care what anyone says ever, the original Jurassic Park slaps so goddamn hard in my is, personal opinion. Who is on the other side of the original Jurassic Park? That movie like, rules. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think there was anybody. I don't know, the number of times where I'm like, oh man, Jurassic Park's one of my favorite movies of all time, and then fucking film bros are like, I think Jaws is a better Spielberg, to which I say you're fucking dumb. Why choose? Why? As a guy that owns multiple pieces of Jaws clothing, why choose? You can like both. It's okay. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Anyway, Jurassic Park. I was watching it what? again. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was watching it again because it's now on um, HBO Max. The Jurassic Park trilogy is, and I'm like, oh, cool. I'll watch the first one again, and then <laughs> yeah, stop there. It's a real Rocky diehard. Like you can stop after the first one. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really seen the other ones. I don't think I might want to watch them at some point just just to say that I have. But I'm not pressed to do so. Regardless, I'm watching this with my roommate who hasn't seen Jurassic Park in a very long time, and of course, I'm enjoying. If it, they saw it once when when she was she saw it once when she was like super young. Yeah, she watched it again, and I of course know basically where every jump scare is at this point. And she's like flying, like she's literally like <laughs> airlifted off of the ground, oh, man. Um, but I'm catching all these details about story that I never caught. But I, of course, can't keep my mouth shut, and I'm pointing out the moments where they had a real, like a massive animatronic T-Rex, yep. right? Lucy, right? Well, Lucy was just, I don't know. So I'm pointing these things out, and because I was trying to explain to her like my addiction to these Lucy the T-Rex, why Bruce I love the shark. practical effects. For sure. And I pointed out, like, you can see, I'll be like, okay, so, like, the first 20 seconds of this shot is an animatronic head, and they move the camera left a little, like, it's coming in in the top right corner, it's animatronic robot, it looks super real, and they pan left, and then a full dinosaur runs it t from the right side of the frame into the center of the frame, and they at that point they switch to CG. And I'm, like, pointing, I'm like, so that's a robot, and now that's CG, and... Like, just being able to see those differences, the, how it's, insanely effective it is to have that kind of real-looking, in-real-space robot. Like, it's not moving super fluidly, but, it, and, well, those ones are moving pretty pretty damn well. Uh, but, like, I would it's, say so. Yeah, when it's, like, it's the, it's, it's been said a million times. Or drop down that tree. <sighs> There's there's visceral because I know there's a fucking car and it's being lowered down a tree and I can see the tree branches snapping and it's not the camera is, it is not going a little slow yeah. yeah do I care no the camera's not going zip zap zoop. like it's not it's not it's exactly what's going on it's not a Transformers movie where I have a headache oh, Jesus Christ yeah exactly it's it's and you know I'll give the Transformers movies like a slight amount of credit like the explosions did, are real did, it's like, the robots no, that I, are not I, I, I like the first one I think the first one's fine. Um, I think the first one's really fun, but I think it was definitely one of the first movies to really push that, like, that snap, 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 like, cut, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, action yeah. sequence. Every punch is, like, 10, 15 frames of the actual moment of contact. I'm like, yeah. I want to see the wind-up. Give me some... Anyway. Anyway. So but, but, but Jurassic Park still holds up better than so well. most movies that came out, like, seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So there's fucking a, well. There's a couple shots where, like, the T-Rex is running that you're like, okay, that's, you know. Hey. But most, I don't notice that. I'm mostly 90? distracted by the absolutely stellar acting that's being done oh my by God. these children. 
The children are great. Everyone's great. Everyone. I mean, Spielberg, Spielberg is an actor's director. And, you know, he, he's, he he's great in a lot of other things, but he'll get a good performance out of just about anybody. Um, Dern is great. Sam Neill. Goldblum. Dern. Laura Dern. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Attenborough. Oh my God, he's so goddamn hot in that movie. The, the the guy that plays the lawyer, like it's all it's Great just job. it's it's a it's a complete Newman from Seinfeld, <laughs> Wayne Knight. Uh, you know, like it's it's just it, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Fucking right, Jackson. The like year before he explodes. Jackson. The year before he explodes. It's amazing. He's just like right there. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful. Movie. What a beautiful. B. D. Wong is in it too. B. No, it's a stat cast. It's great. Uh, it, it, obviously, like, everybody wants to work with Steven Spielberg. But it's, like, it's remarkable when you sit down and watch it. You're like, fuck. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> this movie's really good. Uh, yeah, Speaking it's, it's, of Steven Spielberg, though. Wow, I love it. Uh, this is, of course, uh, the Play-Doh movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm going out for the color blue. Uh, but it's also Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we watch and talk about the American television comedy show community one or two episodes at a time we are also the premier podcast in the yahoo screen podcasting i am one of your hosts tv's kevin lanigan and i don't think cops should be heroes (laughs) amen absolutely (laughs) uh hey what's up everybody how you doing my name is jace i use they them pronouns and uh you know uh in this well okay in this podcast i will be playing red play-doh um and i just have to say that Life is a big, dumb, pointless movie with no story. And an abrupt ending where the hero gets shot by Dracula in the middle of a lunch order during an outtake. Damn, girl. Damn, girl. <laughs> so Boy, stupid. If you want so anyone dumb. to put some fucking stank on a line delivery, Ken Jong is your <laughs> is your man. Um, uh, two episodes ago when he burst into the room, I read it all! I read all your crap! <laughs> oh, I love him. I love him dearly. Uh, so this episode's good. plot only exists because of uh, the availability of actor Ken Jong. Because um, he was, he was of course, off to shoot the pilot for his own starring series, Dr. Ken, uh, which, which got two seasons on ABC uh, following the cancellation of... Because he's a real doctor. He was a real doctor, yes. I don't believe he's practicing currently. <laughs> he's busy with the well, mass singer. Or but he still, ha- he's still got yeah, he has not been. He's, he's not been. Uh, what? What? Disbarred? Do do doctors get disbarred? Is that just lawyers? That's a legal thing. The bar is a legal thing. There's something that can... happens with doctors. <laughs> was his license revoked? Like, did no, he get that's the what over, and they were like, "We can't condone you giving anybody <laughs> any sort of health advice ever." Sir, I've I've seen your penis. I can't. I cannot conscience you. I cannot conscience you to to give medical advice. I saw role models where you played uh, the king of the LARP. Uh, I can't. I, I I cannot sanction this buffoonery. I don't think you seriously, I cannot uh, possibly take medical advice from a heathen. No, it's. <laughs> cannot take medical advice from a man in the film all about steve i cannot i cannot come to it goes against my principles i just can't exactly. i won't i but, won't do it but he was off uh to shoot dr kim uh so they decided to build an episode around that which is an interesting choice and uh it is not the last time this season an episode is structured around an actor going off to shoot a different pilot in case in case you want to get an idea test the waters of how the cast was feeling about the future of community going on yeah (laughs) in case you wondered if they thought there would be more community 
two actors are missing this season to go Who was the other, other one? Danny Pudi in the in the wedding episode. Yeah. Because uh, he's not on oh screen at all. That's why that he just has offline. He just has he's off just, screen lines. He's just off camera. It is I what keeps him from being one of the actors who speaks and appears in every community episode. Because as we know, in a Venn diagram uh-huh. of people who appear in every community episode, you have Gillian Jacobs. People who speak in every community episode, you have Danny Pudi. And people who do both, Joel McHale and Allison Brie. They are the only four <laughs> that, that qualify in that Venn diagram. Ain't that something? Oh. Ain't that something? So you're saying that there are episodes with... There is... <laughs> One episode where Britta does not speak, but she speaks. Thank I want, you, can you for guess? reading my mind. Oh my gosh. Can Wait, okay, but speaking is? of also, speaking of lines, I, as I don't know how many of y'all know, I almost exclusively watch things with subtitles on. I love them. I think they're fabulous. I, they do nothing but add to the experience for me. I'm watching it and I'm almost positive. And I was, I remembered it before the scene came up where, you know, uh, Jeff takes the laptop and runs off to that, that closet that they filled with a bunch of Frisbees as a reference to the beginning of the season as well as also a reference to well, – not this season, the previous season. Or this, no, this season. season. This it season. was this season. Reference to that and also just the scene – the the set that they did for the uh, Star Wars ripoff. There's a yep. monster bank. Monster. Awesome. Great. And the walls are coming. <laughs> but, but he does this thing where he goes down into the Frisbees and pops back up and it's a reference to Big Bang Theory – Bazinga! He goes, he says Bazinga, right? He says full on Bazinga. He yeah. says Bazinga, which is a reference to, they use it in all their ads. It was him going through like a ball pit. It was Jim Parsons popping out of a ball pit going Bazinga. And it's it was a like. T shirt I sold a thousand of, you know? Yeah, like a, mil- a million of them. They got paid, all of them got paid at least a million dollars an episode at, that, at a certain point for that show. I mean, good for they them. had a chokehold on society. Um, I regret anyway. those actors nothing. <laughs> Like, you know, I regret the actors on the Big Bang Theory, nothing. They got that check for 11, 12 seasons. Good for They're them. They're doing just fine. They Good are, for them. And Jim Parsons has a thriving career also because he's Andre absolutely Dway, incredible. Um, and, you know, I just saw Simon Helberg in Annette. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Big Bang Theory cast, now that they are richer than God, what they're going to do with their, <laughs> they're gonna with, do, their right. with their talents. Um, but do you know what I you know what I realized when um Abed pops out of the frisbees and says Bazinga, do you know what the um <laughs> what the uh, the subtitles said he actually says? No. <clears throat> Which I don't know if this is a legal loophole or something. I'm wondering. <clears throat> it it breaks it down into two words, the first being boing. Uh-huh. The second okay. being Tanga. So they say that he pops out of Frisbees and goes, Boing Tanga. Hello, I am Shellman from Big Theory. Boing Tanga. I say Boing Tanga. The ripoff, like, Chinese action figure of Shellman from... They're like, it's not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. It's a young... It's a young... Um... Um... Just... Just, it's a young, young, young reptile <laughs> fighting friend. <laughs> uh, samurai tortoise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Boing Tanga. It's not Superman. It's Superior Man. Abed say Boing Tanga. Oh, yeah. It's when you go to when you go to fucking, you know, Johnny Brock's Halloween costume dungeon. And it's not a Ghostbuster. It's like working class ghost enemy. 
I am here to get my costume for crazy clown girlfriend. It's all of those knockoff companies that are like, we'll bring, we'll bring, they'll say princesses, but they're implying Disney princess. They'll be like, we'll bring princesses to your birthday party, such as, uh, the, 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 this, like, they can't call her Ariel, frozen, so they call her, Frozen like, blonde a, princess. Like, they're like, ice princess. It's Elphaba, right? And you're like, oh my god. Like, oh my god. You said Elphaba. Did you, I say what you I... talk about Frozen, you say Elphaba. You mean Elsa. Elphaba from Wicked. Okay, they're both fucking, um... Uh, they're Adele both Dezim. fucking... Oh, shit, you're right. They are both Adele Dezim. <laughs> oh, my God. Adina Menzel, as yeah. pronounced by John Travolta during the Tony Awards. Yeah, they're both, the, they're both the, witches. The wickedly talented the wickedly Adele Dezim. Adele Dezim. It's like, what? <laughs> Oh, um, I know Travolta's a fucking weirdo on and off camera. I do I love, love I do love a public weirdo. I really love, I love him. <laughs> I love John an Travolta? odd man. Yeah. Um, John Travolta I, in Hairspray is honestly an iconic performance. It's pretty great. You know, John Travolta is not one of those guys who's good at everything, but every so often, you know, you watch, you watch uh, Get Shorty, you know, you watch uh, Hairspray and you're like, hey. Hey, hey didn't expect that performance out of you. I okay. thought you would have peaked in Greece, but you proved my ass wrong. Saturday Night Fever, okay, okay, John. Saturday Night Fever, right? Greece. Um, I depending guess. on who he you're is good in Pulp Greece. Fiction, depending on who you're asking, not Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he he he's okay in Pulp Fiction. I understand why. That was he... more so a commentary on Pulp Fiction as a whole. Well, that's true. I mean, listen, I've seen it a thousand times. Because uh-huh. I was a teenage white male film nerd at some point. I've seen Pulp Fiction more times than I've seen my grandmother. Uh, you know, but it, it <laughs> just... <laughs> fucking... I can't watch it anymore. It's not because it's bad. I'm just like, yeah, I know Pulp Fiction. I'm not going to get anything new out of Pulp Fiction this time. I've seen it. I've seen Pulp Fiction. We're, we're, good. Uh, we're good on the Pulp Fiction front. Thank we're you. We're good on Pulp Fiction. Yeah. If I'm going to, like, lower my... <laughs> You know, if I'm going to take a moral day off and watch a Quentin Tarantino, that's not the one I'm going to put on. No, that's not that's not the one I'm going to pop. I mean, it's, I feel it's inglorious bastard watching Tarantino in the first place. But if I was Indeed. going to choose a Tarantino, I'm going to ask you first. If you were to pick a Tarantino, this is such a stupid fucking tangent. If you were to pick one, uh, okay, let's say I'm going to say one title very explicitly. Um, okay, interesting. To watch, what would you watch? Like I can only pick one. The rest of the filmography is. I didn't is say cut off. one film. I said one title. So like, if you wanted to watch That's... both of the Kill Bills back to back, I wouldn't sure. stop you. I understand, right? If you want to watch Kill Bill, the full, you know, whatever it has. There's a title when both of them are slammed together. I can't remember what it is yeah. because I'm this deep into a gin and tonic. That is why I can't remember. Ochaim. Um, Slancha. Um, <laughs> Salud. Uh, that's all the ones I know. Uh, that's okay. it, you know. I, I will say, for me, I think it's his best movie. I think it's most, his most watchable movie. I think it is the one that is the the most interesting. I will pick Inglorious Bastards again mm. and again and again and again. Yeah, that, my that, favorite. Is a, that is a runner up. And it's only because I've only seen it like a couple of times. I would do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just because that is not, I have not watched that 47,000 times. Right. Like I have a lot of his movies. Because again, I was a teenage white male film nerd at one point. Yeah. Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, if nothing else, for like the the newness, just the n- novelty of it. I still haven't seen the that one. 
Um, it's good. It. Sorry. You, it is. You said it's good. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I. I am sorry. It is good though. <laughs> it's like I, a really um, watchable movie. I'm sorry. I. <laughs> um. Let's see. The first Tarantino I ever saw. Yes, please. In was also in theaters. My friend was like, we're going to Whoa. see this. It just came out. We're going to see this. He said, it's Tarantino. You'll understand what he's about within probably five minutes. And I sure was did. Because Django? the first one, it was Django. So you watch it and you go in and then the first five minutes, shoots the guy in the head off screen. Mm-hmm. And then a literal mushroom cloud of blood pops out. And I uh-huh. went, what uh-huh. the fuck am I watching? Like it starts with that, like the the uh, the sp- the tooth on a spring, like cartoonish. I went, what am I watching? This is so confusing. Um, this is everyone's guy. This is, this is the guy. Well, I also didn't that understand the cultural loves. relevance of Tarantino. Uh-huh. It was just some some white this other in the another... '90s indie cinema boom. I mean, it's indisputable that he he's a big name, know. and I know that now. He, but at the time, he, it was he like was a, a change, white guy right? friend of mine was like, "We're gonna go see this movie," and I went, "Okay, sure, whatever." You know, white I don't film know any better. Ruin a lot of. Films, um, I will say. I feel very complicated about Kill Bill. I'd probably want to watch Kill Bill. I think that's the one that I'm. I desire to watch. The first more. one, but also Inglorious Bastards does fucking, fucking slap. Fucking rips. Fucking the first Kill Bill. Fucking. <laughs> fucking. It rules. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like when she kills the crazy eighty eight. That's amazing. It makes no cinema. fucking sense. It makes no sense. Oh my but god! It's, it's so good. It's so good when when oh, uh, Lucy Liu as Oren Ishii like cuts off that dude's head at the board meeting and is like, and if anyone else has anything else to say, now's the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> I I read that line delivery like every day. It's so it's one of my favorites. Um, I'm sorry, Lucy Liu's blow up from uh, Charlie's Angels <gasps> to Kill Bill quite the quite the journey. Pretty. Pretty good. <laughs> Although I well, will say Charlie's Angels does fucking bang. It bangs. It it's bangs. <laughs> there are some parts it's of it that bad. I'm like, this really yeah. is not good. This aged super poorly. This is just straight up racist. But other parts of it I'm like, this uh-huh. fucking kills. But also you're like, oh man. <laughs> it's kinda it's kinda like what we were talking about last week but with like, like Bill you Murray know, we... carving a knife carving a gun out of a soap bar with his teeth. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Slow motion action figures with Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and uh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, Sonic. I don't like Drew Barrymore in just about anything. Um, really? I hate her. Scream? What? That's the only. Scream? That's the only exception. Oh, okay. Scream is a I figured movie. that would be the only. Scream is a I figured that movie. would be the only. I will stand by that. Um, uh-huh. No, I can't. Stand, I. 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 And I was like indifferent about her until How? I started watching. What was it? Santa Clarita Diet, and I went. This is unwatchable. Her acting is so bad. But I've heard How that her good uh, her is the opening of Scream. Show, or her, her, her morning talk show? show, her talk show. That's the phrase. Her talk show is pure camp and hysterical. I'm happy for her. I'm glad she's doing what. Look, she is. She comes from a family of Hollywood performers. She will continue to be a Hollywood performer. She's doing just Indeed. fine. Good she's for her, I fine. guess. I don't. You fuck. know, anyone that goes through, you know, the substance abuse cycle and comes out the other side. I didn't even like, realize that. Yeah, I mean, I'm rooting oh, for him. For I'm rooting for him. You know, forever in uh, Kirsten Dunst's corner, you know, forever in Colin Farrell's corner, I'm like, you, this is a comeback story. RDJ. This is like, you, are, the ultimate The ultimate, it, right? right, yeah. 
He was he was crawling naked through bedroom windows. <laughs> before, I, I honestly don't know a lot of the stories about that because I mean I was really young and I still to this day don't At really follow that point, gossip. It just becomes like, like tabloidy. It is so and, absolutely yeah. incredible to see just what love a comeback story. It's you know it's love it's, an underdog. It's, yeah, obvi- love an underdog. Love a comeback story. You know I obviously like it's not great when everyone's going through it and I think the way that no. that celebrity media and the public at large treat people when they're in the middle of the cycle is abhorrent. Uh, but like, it I is mean, really nice to see somebody come out the other side and, and kind of, uh, make a go of it and continue living their life. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, um, you know, free Britney and that's all I have to say about that. Um, Britney, that's all we have to say about that. That yeah. is the official position of this podcast. It is free Britney. Britney. <laughs> that is is there anyone <laughs> in culture more vindicated than the leave Britney alone? Person? She just came out as trans. I just heard that. Is there anyone who has had a comeback greater than the Leave Britney Alone I don't. Blogger? I only know what she used to go by when she made that video. I don't know her current name, so I'm not going to name I her I right also now. don't. That is, that is also why I'm not, I'm not <laughs> dead naming. Uh, I believe she uses she pronouns. She might use they pronouns, but recently came out as trans. All respect to them. Like, all, all love and respect to that person who came, who just got one of the earliest the earliest internet shitstorms just the earliest it's such an unbelievable cycle of abuse the, the now that video would have you know a million billion tiktok loops or whatever happens on that app that i don't have but like it, it, in in early youtube days that was like they were vilified and now they're out the other side and they seem to be doing great good for them okay here we go let's see Let's see. Kara Cunningham is her current name, and she does use she her pronouns. Yeah, Kara Cunningham. I I know her old name. I I don't feel it's relevant to this conversation to bring up, but Wikipedia has it almost immediately. Yeah, from her 2007 video from September, "Leave Britney Alone." I think she made like a music. She's a she's a musician. That's what it says. Oh yeah. She's a um comedy performance art recording artist. Iconic. Love anyone that comes out of the fucking meat grinder cycle yeah, that we put people through. You know, Rebecca Black in your oh, corner, fucking, Rebecca. I, Black. I love Rebecca in your fucking corner. Um, and it's it's I, yeah, allegedly. Who gives a <laughs> fuck uh, at this point? Uh, yes, let's let's dive into the episode proper. Uh, like, Though. <laughs> our our pre chatter was surprisingly relevant. You know what I mean? We just I, kind of we, we I, then almost all of our B chatter connected in some way, which is pretty. We pretty then looped for us. away from it, which is uh, you know it is what it is. Uh, let's do it. Season six, episode eight, intro to recycled cinema, directed by Victor Nelly Jr., written by Clay LaPerry. <laughs> I have to assume that is what Kumail's character is named after. Um, in this episode. Uh, when when Chang <laughs> becomes a Hollywood celebrity Ham as the Ham Girl, <laughs> as the Ham Girl guy, Steven Spielberg's that, Ham Girl guy, yeah, soon to be Steven Spielberg's Ham Girl guy, um, Abed uh, reveals that he has part of an unfinished uh, police film starring Chang. Uh, then the Save Greenville Committee and the rest of the school come together to make money, a low budget sci fi movie to sell off. Starring the Ham Girl guy, selling off to special guest star Steve Gutenberg, uh, and Ooh. and uh, who has a yeah, great yeah. exit monologue. <laughs> I love Steve Gutenberg. What uh, chapter good 11? Good actor. 
what's that? Wait, what's YouTube? <laughs> what? What's chapter 11? Oh my god, I love Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg, uh, now I was born in 1992, so I kind of missed the heyday of the Goot. <laughs> but uh, he is the guest star on the best episode of Party Down, uh, where they are catering a party at his house, but he forgot that he canceled the party and didn't cancel the catering, so the caterers just hang out with Steve Gutenberg for an episode, and they, like, do a play. It's great. It's fucking, it's fucking excellent. Wait, what is this show called? Party Down? You have to, oh, Jace, how have I, I failed you. Party Down was a two-season, is a two-season television show about Los Angeles caterers, and you know, they're all actors and writers Mm -hmm. and and, and musicians and shit like that, and it, it, okay, here's, here's the cast of the show, Ken Marino, Lizzie Kaplan, Ryan Hanson, Adam Adam Scott, Scott, Jane Lynch, Lynch, Megan Mullally, and then a special guest star. Well, a special guest star list that includes like J.K. Simmons, Ken Jennifer Coolidge, Kristen Bell, Jennifer and John himself. You, I, I can't believe I failed you this long, and not Wait, this show Evan was co-created. Give me this. Co-created oh, by Paul Rudd. <laughs> co-created by Paul Rudd and, Paul and Rudd? The Veronica. Yeah, and the Veronica Mars guy co-created this show. Rob Thomas. Like, it's, it's, oh, it's on Hulu. Jace. It's like 10 Say episodes. I'm something. already on it. It's like 14 episodes or something. It's nothing. Enjoy Party Down. I can't believe oh I let you God. go this long. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch this now. Fuck yeah. Kristen Bell is on this show? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. But, so he's I, a cameo in one of the episodes of Party Down. He is, he is the best episode of Party Down <laughs> in, in season two. Um... Uh, Oh, Thomas Lennon. They cater an orgy at one point, Jace. Oh my <laughs> god! Jace! Oh, fuck? I can't believe I failed you. One time, I was in, in New York. The sickest I've ever been in uh-huh. New York. I was like, I could not stay conscious. And I just like rewatched two seasons of Party Down. And it was honestly pretty okay. I just like drank a broth and rewatched Party Down. Uh, drinking broth sounds glorious. <sighs> Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Uh, anyway, sorry. On to this episode. Uh, this this episode is fine. I think there's some funny right. jokes in it. It really depends on your personal threshold for look at how bad this movie is. And I, my threshold for that for fake movies is, eh, you know, okay, I've seen it before. I've seen the boom mic dip in. I've seen the bad acting before. I get it. <laughs> like when it's when it's a real movie, it's totally different than when you're like, I've seen these people be good, and now they're being bad on purpose. Um, it's yeah, tricky. Being bad it's on hard purpose. because also because then it, I mean, you have to be an exceptional actor to do that. Like, uh, yeah. you have to be able to play a character really well, and then you have to be able to play that character acting really poorly. And mm-hmm. the trope I always think of is whenever you would watch like. I'm thinking of That's So Raven. I don't know why, but it's probably because That's So Raven, there was constantly disguises, and Raven's always, like, doing the most, right? Being in character, whatever. And then That's whenever Raven. she had to pull someone else into her scheme, and they had to, de- quote-unquote, deliver a line, right? They had to be someone that they actually weren't. They would they would do the line like this. Like, it was... Television it was lying, you know, where it's, like, act. the most lying you've ever... Like, how no one in TV and movies can lie convincingly. Um... They just, they shit the bed immediately. Right, right, right. Uh, honestly, okay. 
Let's let's this see if I cut this any, later. This this episode does not have any of the charm that you would get from watching like The Room or Thanksgiving or oh, Troll Two or The Tire or whatever you know any for of those fucking just shitty shitty movies where you're like this is hysterical oh. for all of the wrong reasons for parts of what I was talking about earlier Cthulhu Mansion you watch and you're like this is hysterical this is garbage but. That's, I don't think that's what they were going for with this. Part, I think they're referencing it, but there's no way that you can pull off that charm. Part of what makes everything you just listed good and watchable <laughs> and and interesting is earnestness. They're really fucking trying. <laughs> Everyone in the room is going for it <laughs> and, this, they... and the episode itself actively undercuts that they are all vocally no and we're one is on going the fact for that it. none of them care <laughs> right and so, so it's like, not there's like bad only... acting it's literally like lack of regard like they don't right so the lion's share of the episode is made up of people apathetically doing something that they don't want to do which, as a piece of television, has diminishing returns after all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's expecting the audience to benefit from like the 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 what when you do that, then the thing that you get getting from it is like, look how fun these shitty sci-fi costumes and special effects are. Which for me, I love. I love that oh, lean yeah. right into that three dollar bin garbage tinfoil smushed together spaceship look and i'm a pleasure droid head right you know (laughs) oh yeah but that's all that you can really get from it you can't get any of the like bad acting stuff and that only goes so far on a show which even in its title implies is about the people (laughs) yeah and and it only goes so far like the you know, we've seen these characters play characters before. We've seen, you know, Annie and Abed don the persona of Old West, you know, characters before. We've seen these characters play characters. And when they care, the, they do it pretty well. Yes, they're when they're invested, when they care. It's and, like, Annie at one point an does get invested a little bit. Like, Annie has fun with it. So when she's like, laser bomb, and they talk about how that moment was good, you know? But it's... Right. As far and, as and, how effectively this turns into an episode, it's fine. I remember it a lot because it's very it's, aesthetically memorable. And sure. um, what's his name? Yuba Duba Duba. Yeah, uh, Glip Glop. Glop, as played by um, <laughs> Garrett. Garrett, which is great. who whenever they cut to Garrett when he's not as Glip Glop, wearing like the scarf and like the hashtag, who is Glip. <laughs> Like, very funny reference. Also, very good. Oh, so many references to Chris Pratt. You can, you know, for a fact, and they explicitly say it too. But Guardians was raining right now. For sure, this is like you know, whenever they would have been producing this episode, because this came out in April 2015. Guardians comes out in August 2014. So like when they're making this episode, Guardians is probably like hot off the presses. Hot. You know, like they're hot. Yeah, for it sure. is the hot commodity in like jurassic world i don't even think it's jurassic world was later jurassic world yeah jurassic world was later but like anything chris pratt anything chris pratt could join forces with what 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 they do with chris pratt they do a regular scene and then they put some glip pops in there (laughs) like chris pratt's i don't like uh chris pratt has uh done quite the dive 
in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, Chris Pratt's uh, and public... And I think what solidified uh... it was when he decided to do the I'm a dad saving the world movie. It's like, no, you forgot what we liked about you, which was the fact that I... you're a bumbling doofus. I am so bored with Chris Pratt regular action star. Yeah. That is stupid. so... Doesn't work. Boring. Chris you know Pratt Chris... trying to be Chris Evans will get nobody anywhere. Will get nobody anywhere. Not to Chris bring Pratt him to play playing terrible politics. an eight-year-old in a grown hot man's body. Great. Chris Pratt Lord is a man-child. If he, he is, it's... It's uh, what I can't remember the actor's name. Hold on, let me find it. He's the he plays Nick in New Girl. He's also Spider-Man. Jake Johnson. What? Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. Jake Johnson. So Jake Johnson. Nick, Nick Miller. Nick Miller. Stone Cold Killer from the streets of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Jake. Jake jo- Doing like, crunches. Get Jake fit. John- Get strong. Imagine asking Jake Johnson to play like in just just to play a superhero. That, ma- that makes me want to throw it up. It makes no that sense. Makes me wanna... It makes no fucking they, sense. Ask they him to did play a character only... like Star-Lord, a man-child, and every man that gets caught perfect. in these super expositions, yeah, I'd watch the fuck out of it. Yeah, perfect. They, he has already played the only superhero he could play. Peter B. Parker, the sweatpants Spider-Man. Yes, like, iconic. that is... It's absolutely It's brilliant. iconic. I love that character to my core. I think he's so... Beautiful. I love Jake Johnson. I think he's I a phenomenal so performer. He's unbelievable. He's so funny. Nick Nick Miller is one of, one the... of the greatest comedic yes. creations of the twenty first century. <laughs> you know, like I love that character. I I love him in basically everything. I wish he was in more. Yeah, but I feel too. like he works pretty much constantly. I, I think feel he like works I'm exactly just... how much he wants to, and I love that for him. I think he was the star of a broadcast network sitcom like New Girl for seven years. And He's now got money. does what he wants so to he... when he wants to, and doesn't have to exactly. worry about money basically ever. Yeah, good for him. He and he and Lauren Lapkus are the only thing I liked about Jurassic World, where like they're in the control room and he's just like commenting on all the dinosaur shit. That's great. Um, I I wish the movie was about them. In that moment, <laughs> he took over what Chris Pratt was good at. Yes, and and Chris Pratt is good when the Chris Pratt Parks and Rec personality Dude. does not disappear. Dude, I, it, few times have I laughed as hard as when I've watched Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec, and it hurts me to say that out loud, but I have to admit it. Like, I'm no, the kind of person Andy vomit jokes. I think that they're unfunny. I find them so uncomfortable and, like, make me feel bad. But when they, it's the snake hole, up, the snake oil, oh. whatever one, and he's, like, shining shoes, and he's super hungover, and he's, like, and he's, like, yeah, and then he, and then, fuck, oh, my God, and he gets back up, and then he goes, nope, and drops down, and then just vomits. <laughs> I cried laughing. He on Parks and Rec is a sensation, and it's 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 a testament to Parks and Rec that he is maybe not even the best character on Parks and Rec. You know, <laughs> like it's he he and like Ron Swanson are pretty much like. Oh, and I, and I, love, and I love get into Leslie. How, you know, absolutely, I, massive my love for Nick Offerman is. Uh, yeah, if I they are, said it to you, I'm gonna say this to everybody: watch making it. Oh, it's delightful. It is one of the best things i've ever seen it is so it's, wholesome fulfilling funny it, it, yes watch it watch it for for anyone that doesn't know it is it is a competition show hosted by nick offerman and amy poehler where people are making like crafts and like grand DIY. crafts and, and diy as the like, host 
Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman every so often split up the action with um, pun-offs. Skits? Yeah. It's unbelievable. The format is brilliant. It's so delightful. I wish that making it had, like, a fifth of the juice that, like, Great British Baking Show had. You know, like, it's... I, I wish it had gotten the same the same juice, because it fills the same, like, heartwarming It really quotient. does. It really uh, does. It's delightful. If you're, like, hungover on a rainy Sunday, put on put on making it. Change if your, you, if you <laughs> are... If you are... Put on if you it. are. If you are, put on it. Like no, it's it's. I recommend it to literally everybody. Uh, it's fucking it's fucking delightful. Yes, thank you for for bringing that up because yeah. that is that is a delightful delightful television. <laughs> what else? What, what uh, we keep we we've done it. We've actually talked a significant amount about this episode. I I mean honestly because it's paper thin and like but the, it's not a lot here. The and the arcs that they set up don't really pay off in a satisfying way. I literally so when like you said can, that my brain went what arcs. What arcs? Exactly. Well, like, okay, so the episode starts, and you're like, okay, obviously, this is an Abed episode. Obviously, like, this mm-hmm. is Abed being an artist, you know, having to deal with it. You know, I love I love Frankie as the first AD with the clip. I love that they you bring get... back the steel drums bit for her. The steel drums really are so good. Honestly, that scene in, like, the, the, the Old West Cantina. equivalent of the Wild... Yeah, it's really good. That's actually a good scene in a movie that I would watch. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, don't mind me, my head falls off. It's because I'm. Oh, uh, I love I love Elroy's kind of like fake semi Jamaican patois as like a fucking minotaur, minotaur man. <laughs> we the whole twist. the space. <laughs> he hands them a laser, which is very clearly a phone. Right, because they can match it. A lot of that is a lot of that is good. Um, Frankie playing the steel drums so good, and, <laughs> and so I, I love her as the first AD with the clipboard saying like, "You have two notes. You can make two adjustments." Like all that is good, and you're like, "Okay, we are setting up Abed as filmmaker artist, finally actually having like a budget for a production somewhat, and having like a team behind him, and seeing that taken away from him, and seeing like right. you know the other egos and the nature of the project." Prior to this, we'd only seen him like with a camera, and then that was the extent of what like a cell phone making like Timosaurs, you know, like uh, or, yeah, or the Kick the, Country yeah, movie with Troy himself, and he goes, "That's fine, I'll I'll do pickups later." I'll do it later. Uh, Timosaurs. Uh, English, Doc. You know, all that, all that stuff is good, and you feel like you're setting up for an Abed episode, and then it suddenly becomes a Jeff episode. That's true. You know, in a way, and Jeff is jealous of Chris Pratt. I didn't feel like we worked that in. I didn't feel like we really set that up. I don't feel like that's really a payoff for anything. He he tries to strangle Abed in a room full of frisbees. To his credit, as soon as Abed is like, "You're actually choking me," he's like, "Oh shit! Oh fuck!" Uh, but like, it's we we didn't really build the tension between those two because Jeff is Abed's only confidant in no, this. No, we episode. actually we that's true. They set it up as Abed's gonna come to blows with how this is so deeply not what he's okay with. And then at a certain point, he just kind of goes, okay. I've accepted this. And like on the revelation that it's like, actually this turned out kind of good. And like, I spent the weekend with my friends making a movie and Annie pulled a laser bomb out of her cleavage. He, you says, know, like he, but he literally, and I said this earlier, but he says the line, life is a big, dumb, pointless movie with no story, which is all, which is such a new perspective from Abed. Like still viewing life yes. as a movie. Yeah, sure. But fully admitting that there isn't a story 
and that's saying a very that it's not the Jeff perspective on events. Yeah, and it, and it's almost uh, presented to us as if like Jeff's monologue to him just kind of shifted who he is and maybe they're trying to say like now that troy's not there he doesn't have as few as many things like keeping him ungrounded or whatever i don't know what the justification is it's just a fascinating turn it's a really it's just unexpected so yeah i yeah on the whole it's something that could have been really fertile dramatic ground but it but they're not going to go into the drama on community they're not they, they it, don't have the space for other, they don't have the real other times they do though other times the dean's commercial becomes like a perspective on the self like other times we sure. journey into the dreamatorium to to get to the heart of annie and Abed. sometimes you know, other... we realize that troy's a real man without drinking at all yeah yes like other times we go to there this episode <laughs> doesn't land it. I mean, it does. It, it, there's something you because know. They, you feel. And I think that the thing is because based on what they set up from the beginning as what the essential plot of the episode is, they couldn't. The end had to be reserved for the premiere of the movie and them being yeah. like, maybe we're not going to get any money anyway. Yeah, it just, it just undermines it, it a little bit. It makes it feel kind of pointless. Like I don't know. It's right, fun. And like, sure, yeah. there's definitely moments that are fun. This feels like they made an episode around a few bits that were like really exceptional bits, and they just kind of pieced it together, which is fine. But that just places it a little bit lower in the episode list, in my opinion. Yeah, then it then it just becomes you know, oh, it's this thing, and you know, Minotaur Man is fun, and you know, there's some some fun chintzy stuff, it's and like watching Leonard be Dracula, you know, like there's it's not it's not as if the episode oh, is about I, I don't feel the force. I'm not allowed to feel the force. So what do I feel? The Dracula Force. The Dracula Sense. Yeah, that's, like, that's, like, there's fun stuff there. Again, it, I think your affection for this episode is going to depend on how your mileage for this movie is bad and the actors don't care. And if you think that is hilarious, this will be an episode this you adore. Right up your alley, yeah. I kind of soured on that you know a while ago and so i'm not like oh, I you know the episode either it's just it's just no, not it's i mean fine. it's such absolute it's bangers fine. in this show it's for sure it's just not up at that level yeah it just doesn't it doesn't ascend and it doesn't it's one of those times where i'm like i actually almost wish you didn't put try to turn it into like a character story you know if yeah. it were just this thing that was happening do you want to that maybe, now that maybe we're like, talking about it in comparison to other episodes, just because it's like... You want to ronk? Is that what you said? Yeah, does that work? Yeah, sure, we can fucking ronk. Let's ronk. Let's not... Let's ronk. Let's gronk. Well, um, while you're pulling this up, what is what happens in post-credit? The, okay, so you'd think the post-credits is him in the voiceover booth and then Randall Park shows up. That's not it. The post-credits is he just shows back up at the study room table and then everyone just kind of accepts him back. You're like, no, just like make the post credits the thing with Randall Park. I don't Which thing? I don't understand. The Chang is in a voiceover booth and he's like a strung out Hollywood celebrity. Yeah. And then they kick him out and they make him crawl out through a door in the back Oh, and then Randall Park comes in, in his place. Right. And right. then Randall Park comes in as the as the replacement. Um fun to see Randall Park is just like a little cameo. This so is like true. right. Like, hey, you want to right as he was blowing up. Right. This is the this is the nascency point where like he is in the interview, the most controversial movie of all oh time. You know, he, he fresh off the boat 
has premiered at this point. It's on. I don't know when that show was on. I've never seen right, an episode I, of Fresh Off <laughs> the Boat. I won't lie to you. I know of it, but yeah. So, uh, but it was when he gets back to the. It's not a bad. It's it's, it's not it's a bad fine. tag, but it's also not a good one. No, <laughs> I'm not. Gonna, actually, you know what? It might be a little bit of a bad one because honestly, it does it kind of upset a me a little bit when one. when the way that he's welcomed back and welcomed back into the group is for because all of them start going hurling abusive. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, what the fuck? Britta one. I mean, here's the other thing. There's this, the recurring bit of Britta being like, I don't think this is an effective story. Like Britta being very legitimately like a good like the, the dramaturg in the room, right? Being like, right, hey, she's trying uh, to like. I don't think we need to make cops <laughs> heroes or like. Why don't you just pull it out of your fake pockets instead of your fake tits, right? Why don't so, like, you that... improvise pockets? <laughs> and then every single time, Annie goes, "Pay your rent," and I'm just like, "Fuck this." Fuck Annie as a landlord. Brit is saying so many real true things right now. And then the end of the episode with just you disrespecting her for being shitty for not knowing what that movie quote is, which quite frankly, I don't know what movie that's from. Do you? What episode? I don't remember. In the, in the end, uh, uh, Abed quotes a movie and then changes like the last word of it. Um. And everybody's like, ah, laughing. And then Britta goes, Pink Floyd because something about a wall, right? So it was something about a uh, wall in the line. And they're all like, Britta, no, have you ever seen a movie ever? And I'm like, you are being far too harsh to this person. I have no idea what movie any of you are talking about. It's just, it upsets me. So let's go low. Yeah, this one's, this one's low. Ah, ah! These? I messed everything up! Um, no, it's okay. Everyone, oh, everyone uh, look at the, the top I can't describe it. Up at the top, the measure, the ruler at the very top of your page. See how it's got those. Ah. You select. Click on one hundred. <laughs> oh. 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 Okay, hold on. And then. Nope. Well, then... I don't know. That didn't work. Uh, we're just gonna. Well, this. <laughs> Nothing. It's works. fine. You can still read okay. it. Just keep going. Microsoft Word, everyone. Nobody um... is gonna have any idea what just happened because they're gonna hear us mumbling about rulers and going, oh. Oop, oop, and not say anything. Uh, yeah, so that's fun. That's fun for everyone. Um, yeah, this one's low for me. Oh, Lord, no. We can put it above, oh, Lord, no. Trader, which one's the trader well, audition? That's where they audition for the Owen Wilson study group by just doing the Spanish rap. Again, for the tenth time in a row. I don't know. I'm like going to put this uh, one below Abed's stuffy D&D. I bet. Mm, yeah, it seems fine. Uh, Chang, do you want it above or... YMC Chang or below it? I feel completely indifferent about YMC Chang, but it's definitely above crumping for me. Um, no, it's good. The C key is not working. So right now this says hang rejoins. The... <laughs> oh, boy, my computer. Hang rejoins Hi, the rue. The oh, and the E key also not, not showing up for work today. Oh, we're having fun uh, today. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Try it again. Try this. Try the C one more time. Give uh -huh. it a big old slap. Yeah. Okay, let's do a lowercase C. Ah, oh, we love it. Chang oh. rejoins the group. I like that Chang is lowercase can... and everything else is uppercase. No, keep it. It's fine. Well, it's not gonna let me change it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the um, shift key. Anyway, having a great time uh, with my laptop today. <laughs> Hoping uh, it can survive until like Cyber Monday or something. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Um. Okay, uh, episode ranking, not 
Hi. Not, not hi, no. Not hi. Uh, honestly, I'm looking down here. Number 80, Advanced Advanced Dungeons and Dragoons. That's the one uh, with uh, with the sun. With David Cross. Yeah, with the sun. We can go a little bit. Uh, oh, shout out. There was a hickey shout out in this episode where Chang talks about punching someone in the heart. And Abed says he worked with an ex-cop on the script. Right in. And then uh, they're thing. not exactly good at writing dialogue. They're not exactly good at writing dialogue. I'll punch you with a heart! <laughs> Great. It's a good shout-out. I caught that, too. I was like, oh, nice little hickey oh, Easter nice. egg. Uh, yeah, now killing them off, off-screen. Networking. Which one's that? That's where they're trying to put up the bulletin board. Oh, so yeah. I could Annie go and Hickey there. go to all the different cameos, and also it's the fat dog for midterms. Bear down. Oh, my God. Uh, economics of marine biology. Uh, that is where they're courting the rich student to come to Greendale. The main plot sucks, but it's also physical education, education, and Pierce and Jeff go to the barbershop. <laughs> yes. um, course listing unavailable. Starburns Funeral. Who's? Starburns. Um, That's where they have the riot. That's where they get thrown out of school. Oh, yeah. Competitive wine tasting. Every time That's I see the title, I think of the episode of Parks and Rec where they all do all wine tasting. <laughs> Uh, Jeff and Pierce take a wine tasting class. Troy pretends he's molested in a theater class. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, not, not a great one. Oh, we're putting not this a- one. Let's see. VCR maintenance and education publishing. What's that? That's where they do the VCR board game with the cowboy played by Vince Gilligan. I am also- going to say that I'm going to put this one at 84, just below course listing unavailable, but above competitive wine tasting. Sure, that sounds good. Let's yeah. see how the keys cooperate on this one, shall we? A six E. Well, E is not happening. Dual uh, copy pasta. Well, I can't control C, can I? <laughs> but you can right click. <laughs> uh, right click. Oh, I can oh, highlight, highlight and then right click. Oh, I forgot about that functionality. I'm so used to the to, to the keyboard. keyboard. This is, yeah, this is and then right click again. Oh my god. You're like using a mouse. Just that first one's fine. Using my trackpad, even. Oof. Um, Oof. E- Oof. Oof. The f- what the fuck episode is this? Not- Eight. <laughs> Intro two. All right, let's see. Recycled. Can we do it? We did. Yeah. <laughs> but the capital C is out. <laughs> did not accept the capital C. <laughs> we did it. It made it. Hooray. Uh, donate to my Patreon. Patreon.com slash DV's Kevin. Help me get... He needs a new, new computer, computer so that we can keep making these podcasts. That'd be I great. I need Thanks. a new computer. <laughs> Real bad, apparently. Oh, man. We did... Skinema. <laughs> we did it, folks. Oh, I'm going back down. Going back, back, back down to Chang. Going back down you got to it. The, the... Oh, did you Where copy paste? Let's see. Where is it? Exactly, exactly. There it is, 93. Chang. You got it. No, hold on. Not the whole Good. word. Just the Good C. Good God, no! Not like this. Not like this. Not like this. You did it. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, hey. All, <laughs> All right. right. Bunch of random noise that nobody will understand. Everyone enjoy me struggling with my five-year-old laptop. Everyone like that? Is that good content for you? <laughs> did you enjoy listening to this? Do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? 
Twitch. You hate that's this? still one of my favorite. I know we didn't rank that one it's... super high up, but that's one of my favorite. That that's one the only good part is so... where he goes, do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? Do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? Oh, so God. fucking good. Again, Donald Glover just grinding his entire NYU like film experience <laughs> into that line. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just whittling it down into a fine point. Um, yeah, excellent. Jace, any plugs? Um, no, I think I actually need a few extension cords. That was probably oh. the worst joke I've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> oh. 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 oh, my! I'm in pain. I, mean, I don't got no space for no plugs. Flames? 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 On the side of my face. On the side of my I face. I love that movie so much. Clue. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Clue. With a capital C. Something I'm incapable of typing at the current moment. Oh, Do you um, have any plugs? Aside from funding your Patreon so you can actually type yeah. a capital C from now on. Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin is where you can help me uh, buy a new laptop or a, a USB keyboard <laughs> until I can afford a new laptop. How, uh, how, how will you ever write a community with a cat? Oh, my God. If you don't write oh, the entire fucked. Twitter, if you don't, when you post this on Twitter, do all caps for everything except for the letter C, I'm going to cry. That's... <laughs> That's People will be like, intro, what's going probably. on? What is this, like, oh, you kids it, like Jaden Smith-esque, like, mysterious typographical decision Kevin <laughs> made? God. Yeah, I'm an enigma. I'm trying to, I'm pivoting to, you know, mysterious artists. That's my, that's my new pivot point. Yeah, I've been uh, really into the Voynich or... manuscript recently. It's been really affecting yeah, me I'm... that I think about everything. For sure. I'm really good at uh, earnestness, burying things down, height, concealing how I feel, being mysterious. I'm very good at all yeah, of Yeah, I also I'm love National Treasure and National Treasure 2. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. That is... I, I love National Treasure. Love National Treasure? <laughs> I fucking love National Treasure. <laughs> you shitting me. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm filming stuff in a couple weeks. By the time this episode drops, it'll probably be in a couple of days. Uh, I don't know. Stay tuned to the social media. TV's Kevin Lanigan. I'll be posting things. Yeehaw. I'll be posting things. Uh, this is this is an Adobe uh, shit post. Hey, Adobe. Moving to a subscription-only model... That sucks ass. <laughs> I hate that you did that. You suck, actually, Adobe. Wait, you paid Fuck. full price to have the whole thing, and now they're trying to get you to pay every month? You didn't get no, grandfathered in? No, you, you can no longer <laughs> purchase outright Adobe Premiere or Adobe Photoshop. Um, you must uh, subscribe to a monthly fee for must. both. And honestly, you <laughs> that's like wow. you want to know why you want to know why karen because i couldn't afford adobe photoshop why do i know that what is that is that john mulaney that's that that's oh hello that with john mulaney yeah yes. where they're wow. they're doing the best joke about plays or plays are just people yelling mm -hmm. <laughs> but everyone the audience has loved being screamed at <laughs> <laughs> and that was a one-sided telephone call. Yeah, <laughs> what? The head of New York won? That's who you are. <laughs> the, the police? That's who you are. That's who you are. Oh, hello. Gil's daughter is, the... is where? Oh, no, 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 not that Gil. <laughs> I'm on the phone. <laughs> that is, oh, hello, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, streaming now on Netflix, is... The funniest. A few. There are a few jokes that I could go without, but in yeah. in summation, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. 
you're 13 years old? Did you like any of this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I've both, seen it it's so for good. real like five or six times. It's, it's unbelievable. So Every funny. time I'm cackling. That's the Pillow Man from Martin McDonough's The Pillow Man. <laughs> if you notice that you the mezuzah... <laughs> that the mezuzah is on the wrong side of the doorframe, you're, you're in the, the right place. <laughs> Any fl- okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's let these people go watch uh, Party Time watch or Party Down, Party Down, streaming now on Hulu. Um, and and yeah, go watch Party Down on Hulu. Go, go watch, watch oh, Hello Hello. on Netflix. Go watch Dave Made a Maze. Go. We if we sure. compile the list of every movie or TV show that we reference into two oh lists of like high rack and like honestly, go for it if you really want to. But I couldn't recommend it uh <laughs> cannot condone to recommend yeah i honestly think so and i i i, I that's good i love that we don't just come on here and like community you know just like sh- don't like, like shit yeah, on everything obviously obviously we shit on some things we do but i like that often it's a space where we're like i gotta talk about this thing, this thing. <laughs> i gotta talk this, about this, this thing this episode of community reminded me of this thing that i Really like you can come out of every episode of this show with like eight movies, three shows, and like six maybe podcasts a book. you should go yeah, listen right. to. Yeah, maybe a book. Right? Yeah. If any of us could read. Uh, I know I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't read. The only thing I know how to read is movie titles, baby. <laughs> I know how to read the credits. <laughs> Stay after every time. <laughs> Memorize every name. I just there wait will. to see if they make Spider-Man show up after the credits. What's the post-credit scene on this book? <laughs> What's the? I have does Jake Gatsby get out of the pool? Does he? Does he get up at the end? What were the things they carried? <laughs> <laughs> were there flowers for Algernon? This is my question. Oh my will they God. set up Algernon too? Which is, I guess, just like, the plot of limitless. Why is it important to be earnest? <laughs> Did they? Wow, that really was much ado about nothing. <laughs> well, who's this? My character? question is, what happens on the thirteenth night? Am I right, folks? <laughs> waka waka. We must leave. This cannot happen. We're gonna go on a Muppets diatribe, and then we will lose our entire fan base. <laughs> Oh, you know my favorite part of that play? What? The vows! This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.